sing that as a declaration. It's a truth, Lord. You're here among us, Lord, as you promised you would be. Where two or three are gathered in your name, there you will be. We're here today, Lord, to see you visible among us, Father. We brought our little licks of fire, Lord, just to bundle them together, Lord, and come together on a Wednesday night away from the pressures of this world and situations that's around us, Lord, and allow you to speak to our hearts. Lord, you know the things that are on my heart tonight, Lord, and I just ask that you would give me the ability to speak it, Lord, and let your word just go forth and touch hearts and lives. God, that you would come and do your work as only you can do. Lord, not man's work, not not what I would want, but what you would want. We commit ourselves to you and surrender to you, Lord. We are so thankful, Lord, to serve a living God. We ask now that you touch each heart. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4, also 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. Amen. We had a just a wonderful time, just away a few days. Uh, weeks ago and uh, kind of interesting, you know, sometimes you think you got your plans made and the way things are going to happen and don't always happen the way you expect. And um, so I was looking at tickets and things to try to fly to Brother Kelly's and for his winter convention and and uh, it wasn't possible to get there on the day that I needed to get there and to go a day earlier was about, it was ridiculous the amount, the cost of it. And so he actually suggested me to go to Vancouver and overnight, and doing so, it saved quite a bit of money, and, and uh, so then I was there in Vancouver with uh, the believers there on Wednesday night, and spoke on a little thought that I just had spoke here on the fire, and, and the fire of God fell, and it touched, uh, you know, several hearts, but there was one there, young girl that had, had just been through a lot in her life, and she came down, and she gave her heart to the Lord, and the fire of God lit her up, and she's went back a week later on her way back through and she just still all smiles and rejoicing for what God has done in her life. Amen. God knows how to direct your path. Amen. And brother, brother Tom got up behind uh, what I'd said and he says, you know, you drop a match, you'll burn a forest. And uh, I believe that's what we want to do every service. Just drop a match, let the forest burn and let God come out down and touch hearts and lives. And I had a wonderful time as well. Brother Kelly's bring back greetings from Brother Tom and Brother Kelly there and all the churches, uh, the different folks in, in each church and so many that can't name all the names that want to send back personal greetings, but we just thank the Lord that we have family all over the world. Amen. We're thankful for that. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of the joints and the marrow and is the and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart sounds like a surgeon amen go right down into the soul divide it right across from the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight but all things are naked and open unto him, under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Also, 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. Now we read the scripture for the communion, but 
So I want to read it here tonight. It says, For I received the Lord that which I've delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body." For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. Amen. We'll let you be seated tonight. I've had this thought on me for some time, and just, just looking into it. I want to speak to you tonight on the light, the discerner. Amen. I believe he is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And uh, he knows where our problems are and our problem spots are. And he, he, you know, we go to a doctor and we get a CAT scan and we get an MRI and sometimes it can pinpoint something and sometimes he can't even find the issue. But this light can show exactly where it's at. And he knows exactly how to go to where it's at. And he knows exactly how to describe, how to, how to anoint a certain service and a certain man to come, amen, maybe thousands of miles away or just a few miles away and, and anoint them to go down a certain avenue. Amen. It's the light is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And, and you know, I, I was just looking at this as we, as we see that this, this word is a powerful word that we have in this hour. It's not a word of limitations. It's not a word that can only handle certain situations and only do certain things, but it's a word of unlimited resources. And so, therefore, it has unlimited resources. It has unlimited power. Now, the doctor, he has limited resources on how he can treat something in your life, and he can only go so far. But thank God he has never run out of, of treatments. God has never run out of his ability to heal and deliver and, and to set free and, and to break complexes off of our lives. He knows exactly where every troubled spot is in our life. And we know the Word of God is strong, is sharp. It's very... It's like a, a, a scaffold that a surgeon would use and, and a skilled surgeon can go in and he can divide the muscle and the tissue and, and go and find that spot in your, right? Maybe it's against the bone or maybe it's down hidden in some inte- around your intestine somewhere, but he knows exactly how to go in there. But this God knows exactly how to, how to bring a, a thought to a, to a man and, and lay it upon his heart and bring it to a certain spot so he can come to that moment where you need him at. But see, it's not just him coming to that place and begin to discern your hearts, but you also must recognize that's God doing that. 
Because if you look at it and say, well, that's just brother Timothy or that's just brother so-and-so or brother, brother Tim told him what I was doing or this, that, and the other. And you can very easily take that light and make it a very dim thing and, and make it where it isn't very, it isn't able to come and touch your heart. It becomes a very carnal thing. Amen. Because of carnal interpretations and carnal ideas. But you know, if we'll look at it for what it is and we can truly see that it is the light of God, that God would come and he would anoint a man through the foolishness of preaching and he would he would anoint him to a certain thought and to a certain thing and, and to a certain ro- road to go down why because God knows where your trouble is God knows if it's blindness God knows if it's complexes God knows if it's situations in your life that you can't handle he knows exactly how to get to where you're at you know I, I was I was even thinking on these things as I was away and and you know uh, Friday night at that meeting there at brother Kelly's I, I, I on Friday I was just disturbed and didn't know what to preach on and was looking and looking and looking and finally hit this one uh, one vein and just like the room lit up as, as I would I, as I would begin to look at this thought I'd spoke on who on who touched me and I and I brought it to the church that evening and and I began to speak and I and, I, and it wasn't very long I realized where I, where I was at that I was in the mind of God and I knew that I was going down certain trails and certain avenues and I I began to talk about the woman who touched the hem of his garment and how she was separated and out there away from the family of God, but he had not only restored her body, but he restored her to her position. And, you know, and I was going down that line, unbeknownst to me, amen, a, a visitor there, and unbeknownst to Brother Kelly, he didn't even know the boy would be there. But this boy came on this night with his wife. He'd, this boy had been out of church for about 20 years and been gone and away from the Lord. And, and his family was, his family had all fallen apart. And he'd married this girl out in the world. And he said, he said, you know, I, I, I knew God was real, but I, I, I just didn't know if it was for me. And he marries this girl, and down through time, she gets diagnosed with MS, and fear strikes them. And, they, and he begins to become fearful, and he says, tells his wife, he said, you know, the doctors can't do nothing about this, but I know a God who can, and I know where he's at. And he brings her to the house of God. But before he comes, he's in his room, and he's crying out to God. And he said, God, if I can only touch the hem of your garment, if I can only come like that woman did and touch the hem of his garment, and he comes to that service, and that's what I'm preaching on. I begin to preach his very life to him. I begin to, what was it? a man thousands of miles away, but God was right there in his bedroom. God was right there in my motel room as he would begin to speak to me and said, this is what I want you to speak on. This is how I want you to speak. And this is where I want you to touch it. Why? Because he had a seed. He had a, a son. He had somebody there that had a need of a discerner. Because the word is still the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. I believe we ought to believe, we ought to believe that every service. That it's not just man. It's not just Brother Tim. It's not just Brother Aaron, Brother Joe, Brother Timothy. But it is God veiled behind human flesh speaking to our hearts. And he's wanting to cut things out of our lives. Now, sometimes those surgeries are going to hurt. Sometimes it's going to be very painful. Sometimes it's going to take a little while to recover. But God is speaking to you. And if you'll take 
take it as God speaking to you, then God can deliver you. God can reach down and touch you in your inward places that nobody else knows about, that nobody else is maybe concerned about, nobody else you've ever told, but God knows your inward places. God knows the deep secrets of your heart and he knows where to go get them. And that boy come in the prayer line that next night and he said, you know, he said, I came here in fear. He said, but I want to give my heart to God. I want to serve a God who knows my thoughts. I want to serve a God who knows my very desires. I want to serve a God who's alive like that. I want to give my life to him. He told Brother Kelly later, he's in a text, he said, Brother Kelly, me and my wife came out of fear, but I'm praying that out of faith, we will stay. That faith will keep us. Fear brought us, but I pray faith will keep us. Hallelujah, because he is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of heart. And he can bring somebody from miles away. He can bring somebody from just right down there in Mendon, wherever it is, to reach down into those dark places of your life and cut that thing out of there. Amen. God's word is able to thoroughly examine our lives. It can do what no other book can do. You can read Dr. Dobson. You can read all kinds of things. But if you read this word of God, it'll do what no other book will do. Amen. The penetrating power of God's word can probe the innermost aspects of our thinking. Amen. I I know I could ask for hands raised. Maybe we'll just do it. How many has actually had a conversation or thoughts or things? Maybe on a Sunday morning or during the week and that in the very next service, it comes and repeated back to you. Amen, it happens all the time because the word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So therefore, it not only knows your thoughts, it knows the intent of the thought. It knows the motive that's behind it. God's word discerns who we are and what we are. Amen, God, you may can fool your mama, your daddy, or your pastor, but you'll never fool the word of God. The word knows who you are and what you are. Amen, it can penetrate the full depth of your motivation. Amen, it will go into your thinking and discern what is of God and what's not of God. Glory to God. It penetrates our self-delusion and reveals it for what it is. That is why we need to ask God to search our souls. Amen. God, search my heart, oh God. Amen. God's word renders us without the ability to rationalize our sins away. Amen. It reduces us to a place where we have no excuse. So the word is a light. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. He would, he would speak about the word of God in Revelation 19 and verse 11. said, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. How many is thankful for that? And, he, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire and his head were had many crowns and his name written and no, no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. But out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. What is it? It's the word of God is signified or symbolized as a sharp sword. It goes and it begins to cut and it'll cut off sin. It'll cut off unbelief. It'll cut off complexes. It'll, it'll cut off sicknesses in the middle of a service. It'll cut off diseases. It'll, it'll cut, off, cut off all things that are not of God. 
Amen. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he shall smite nations. He'll rule them with a rod of iron, and tread at the winepress of the fierce and of the wrath of the Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture, on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. We could see him over in the New Testament as he would come. We, we know we've been hearing about Sarah, how he discerned her heart in the tent. But we also see him, amen, uh, in the New Testament of how uh, he would know their thoughts. He would know what they were thinking, even, even in their minds. They wouldn't even express it, but he could see, amen, what they were even thinking in their minds and give them answers. Amen. He was doing time after time. And, and, you know, there was Nathaniel that would come to him and said, Whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and said, Before Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. So he's a discerner to the point. He knows your address. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've been through. He knows your problem situation. He knows your high mountains, your deep valleys. He knows all about you. He knows when you're sitting in your doldrums and you're up shouting the victory. He knows all of it. Amen. Amen. When you was under the fig tree, I saw thee. There it is. When he comes, that word will come against all nations and against all men. And none will be able to stand against it. It will reveal what was in every heart as it did in Nathaniel. The word of God will show who did the will of God and who didn't do the will of God. Amen. Amen. It will make known the secret works of every man and why he did them. And it will divide asunder. Amen, this is the word of God. Romans 2, 3 says, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things and does not the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Then it goes on to say how God is going to judge men. Here it is in verse 5 through 17. A hard, impotent, hard heart will be judged. The works will be judged. The motives will be judged. There won't be any respect before God, but all will be judged by that word. No one escaping it. Those who heard and wouldn't listen will be judged by, those, by what they heard. Those that rested in it and saying they believed it, but they didn't live it, they will be judged. Every seeker will come out in the open and will be shouted from the housetops. Oh, we will really understand here history then there won't be a mystery left throughout all the ages amen so everything that's been done in the secret will come out on the housetop amen it will come it will be brought out what was of God and what was not of God but do you know that he's revealing the heart secrets of men and women in this age in which we're living who else could reveal the secrets of the heart but the word himself. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper and it's the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It is the word. It is performing where and unto it was sent. For it, the word, is full of power. Hallelujah. It is the same spirit that was in Jesus, the word, that is present again in the church in this last age as a last sign, trying to head the people off from judgment. For they that reject him, the word, are now coming to judgment, crucifying him afresh. Paul said that the word came in power as well as voice. The word preached will actually demonstrate itself. 
It's not just some word, empty words or red letters or, you know what I mean, just read across the pulpit and just spoken and it falls off the edge and onto the floor. No, this word goes out and it will find somebody that it can demonstrate itself in. Amen. It's the discerner. It, it goes into places and it finds those that, that have need. The word preached is like a flaming cutting sword and it went to the conscience of men like a surgeon's knife and it'll cut out diseases and it'll set captives free. Everywhere those early believers went, they went preaching the gospel and God came behind it confirming his word with signs following. The sick were healed, devils were cast out and they spoke in new tongues. That was the word in action the word has never failed in the mouths of believing Christians amen and in this last age it is here stronger and greater than ever in the true word bride hallelujah oh little flock you little minority hold on to the word fill your mouth and heart with it and someday God will give you the kingdom Amen. It is here stronger than ever than the true word bride. Amen. If he was a discerner 2,000 years ago, he was a discerner in our age. He's still the discerner now and is here stronger than ever. It still cuts out, amen, the dark places of our lives. It'll still set a sinner free. It'll still cut off sickness off of their lives. The word is still a discerner. you have to discern. There's also something that you have to, he's the discerner, but you also have to discern. You know, it's easy to discern what others have, but that's not what Paul was speaking about, about discerning the Lord's body. He said, you judge yourself lest you be judged. So therefore, we, for you to receive something of God, you have to receive it as something from God. Amen, you have to discern it, amen. To say, listen, that just wasn't Brother Timothy or Brother Tim, that was God speaking to me. Amen, and then many people, they, they cut it off and they say, well, it wasn't of God, it was just him, it was just him. he just got in the flesh and, and they miss while others are receiving, they miss it because they did not discern the Lord's body. Amen, when he was here 2,000 years ago and he was discerning the hearts and he was telling them what was wrong, amen, Pharisees were missing it. They were calling him Beelzebub and he's just a mortal man and he's just a married son and he's an illegitimate child. Who are you to say what I can do and what I can't do? We were not born of sin as you were. They were discerning him, but they were missing, they were not discerning the body of the Lord. Therefore, they missed him. They thought it was just a carpenter's son and he's just Mary's boy and he's got brothers, he got sisters and who does he think he is? And meanwhile, the Lord's body's walking right through their midst and they're missing it. And they're doing it again today. Well, if I was there 2,000 years ago, I would be like the woman that touched his hem of his garment. I would be like Jairus. I would be like one of those that come and said, oh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You would be exactly how you are now. Amen. 
Amen. If you sit like a bump on the log and the Lord is discerning and he's speaking to your heart and you're saying, ah, that's just brother so-and-so. That's just the flesh. That's just carnal. That's just this. Amen. And you miss it by not discerning the Lord's body. Peter came to him and the Lord discerned him. Called him by name. Said, your name is Simon. He came to Jesus. Sat down there and Jesus, as soon as he comes, said, your name is Simon. You're son of Jonas. He's uneducated. No decree behind him. He had nothing but just a common fisherman. No education. The Bible said he was ignorant, unlearned. But he became, amen, the bishop of the church of Jerusalem. Why? Jesus told him who he was, what his name was, what his father was. He knew, and then he knew that that was the word. Peter then knew that was the word because it told him who he was. It told him what he was doing. It told him what he was going. He was going the wrong way and it called him by name and established him in the place. And therefore Peter knew because the Bible says, the Lord your God will raise up a prophet like unto me. And that had to be a prophet. There is no prophets prophesied after Malachi to the Messiah. 400 years without a prophet. And all of a sudden he's here, your name is Simon. You're a son of Jonah. Think of it. It was proved to Peter that this is the Lord's body. Why didn't he prove it to Caiaphas? He tried. But Caiaphas wouldn't hear. He couldn't get past the veil of flesh. He couldn't get past. Listen, that is what the devil is constantly pointing you at. Let's just be honest. Because it's through the, now God could have anointed this pulpit to preach the gospel, a piano to preach it, or a tree to preach it, but he chose men to preach to men. And so the devil wants to get in that and he wants to say, well, that's just a man. True, I am just a man. But behind that, there is a voice that is speaking. And it's speaking out and it begins to say things and it begins to go down hearts, lines and situations and it begins to minister and those that can discern it say, hey, that's not just Brother Timothy, that's the Lord's body. That's God speaking to me. That's God touching my heart. That's God setting me free. That's God delivering me. That's God moving on my behalf. That's God reaching mercy. Listen, we ought not get mad when the preacher says something that we get all worried, you know, steps on our toes a little bit. You ought to be happy when the preacher says something because God rich in mercy thought enough about you. He could have left you like Caiaphas, but he called you Peter. And he said, come out from among them and be not worshipers of them and walk with me. There's one standing in the midst. He saw this. He said, where another man a few days later went and got his buddy around the mountain about 15 miles. They was preaching, brought him back the next day. They were standing there amongst them and come up to where Jesus was. And Jesus looked. He was God. He had discernment that showed that making, that was making the word. He proved the word to him. He said, some of them say, you know that that man's the word. Them priests said, nonsense. That guy ain't the word. That can't be the word. You know, you know, the scripture says, the Lord, our God will raise a prophet up like to Moses. And that's him. Listen to him. 
I can't listen to him. He's just a man. He's Mary's son. He turned to Nathaniel and he says, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Master, how did you know me? Before you even came to church, before you even drove the miles to be here, I knew you. Before you, even while you was in your sour mood, I knew you. Even when you was doubting, I knew you. Even when you thought all hope was gone, I knew you. Even when you thought it wasn't for you, I knew you. But not only do I know you, I've called you to be mine. Hallelujah. The word is a discerner. He knows exactly where you're at. There was a little woman, thank you, there was a little woman at the well. Found herself in a bad situation. Seemed impossible that she'd ever have anything from God. Been, with, been married five times, living with a man that wasn't her husband. But then the seventh man come. And he's sitting on the well. Looks like just an ordinary man. Looks like. Yeah, just anybody got a little hot, seeking a good drink of water and shade maybe. And he's just sitting there, looks like an ordinary man. And she comes about to mind her business with her water pot. And she begins to draw some water. And he said, hey, I would just give me a drink. She said, is it customary for a Jew to ask the Samaritan to give him a drink? You know, she got real, real religious all of a sudden. Been married six times, but she got real religious all of a sudden. Amen. I had been in all kinds of things in her life, but all of a sudden we get real religious. And so they, and so they begin, to, begin to say, she said, well, well you know, you, he said, woman, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for a drink. And she looked at him and was like, what are you talking about? Give me a drink. You don't even have what I got. I got a water pot. <laughs> you don't have no water pot. You don't have what I've got. I've got more than what you've got. What do you mean you're going to give me? All she was seeing was what was right before her. And we know the story goes a little deeper as he would take her from that. And she would, he would begin to speak to her and said, hey, I believe you're a prophet. And then he wanted to take her a little deeper. And he said, listen, amen. I, he began to tell her, look, you have, you have the, go get your husband. She said, I, I don't have a husband. He said, you said, well, he said, because the man you're living with is not your husband. You've had, you've had five before. And now the one you're living with is not your husband. You said, well, she said, I, I perceive you're more than a prophet. I perceive there's something more about you. I know when the Messiah cometh, he'll tell us all things. And he said, I am he. Nothing changed about him. He looked exactly the same, but the words came out of him. But to her, everything changed. Hallelujah. Amen. The scripture would say, and she left her water pot. She left what she thought was so important that God had more than what God 
could offer. But God showed her really quick. I got more than that. I got something that the world can't give and the world can't take away. Hallelujah. I've looked at a lot of Samaritan women and men that have left their water pots and have left their broken cisterns that have left their dogmas and their creeds and they're walking with Jesus. Amen. Nothing changed about him, but what she saw changed. That's what he wants to do. He wants to change you. We're all interested in changing everybody else. Well, I tell you what, the brother, brother, the brother pastor wouldn't say this, and he wouldn't do that. Well, listen, God wanting to change you. Amen. That's what the scripture says. Shall we go back to it? Examine, let every man examine himself. We want to examine everything. Is it of God? Is it not of God? Examine yourself. Find out if there's something on the inside of you that needs to change. He said, reason why many are weak and sickly and some have went to sleep or died prematurely, or Brother Brandon would even say, had, have went into spiritual death, is because they failed to examine themselves. They failed to discern. They wanted to discern all the other things, but discern yourself. Look inwardly and say, hey, is there something in me that needs to change? Amen. It's because, he said, because if we would judge ourselves, then we should not be judged. And when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when we let the word judge us, then we won't be judged with the world. What we just read, where all the thoughts are going to be shouted from the mountaintops and all the secret things are going to be revealed and nothing will be left in the dark. Amen. If you don't let the word discern you and judge you now, you won't be judged then. He's a discerner. There stood priests there. Said, heard all, seen all these things, seen many of the miracles, seen many of the signs, seen many of the wonders. He's nothing, that's just nothing but Beelzebub. That's just, that can't be God. That's nothing but Beelzebub. <laughs> they discern, but th- these others that I'm speaking of, the woman at the well and, and the others through the scripture, Nathaniel and Peter, they discerned and recognized who he was. Others called him Beelzebub. Others called him names they couldn't, because they couldn't discern this is the Lord's body. They could discern the skies, but not the one who made them. And today, as today, they call it mental telepathy. They call it mind reading. They say today there's just a man or someone told him that couldn't be of God. That's just brother so-and-so not discerning that that is God, the light, the discerner. We must discern and judge ourselves lest we be judged. 
and have respect for the body of Christ. See, people that don't come to the house of God, why do they not come? Because they're not discerning the Lord's body. They don't discern that's where God is. They say, ah, that's just Tim Pruitt's church, or that's just this or that and the other. And they fail to recognize the Holy Ghost moving among us. Yeah, we're going to get a little sticky things for a minute, but just bear with me. Lord willing, we'll make it out of here. I challenge you, go listen to the, the sermon respects. Respects. Brother Ram said, respects is what we owe to God. That's one thing I would like to drill this in the heart of every person. That in all things we're going to own, we must give respects to it. We must respect it. David said that when there were very few men of Israel, perhaps Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he was speaking of very few men that he rebuked nations and kings for them. And God rebuked the nations and kings saying, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. Over in Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, the 13th verse, it is written, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God or respect God or have reverence to God and keep his commandments for this is the full duty of all men the conclusion of the whole matter is to fear God is to respect his body to respect where he is that's why when we come into this place you know we try to keep it holy and and not talk and act up and chew gum and do all those things why because we're showing respect not to a man behind the pulpit, not to those sitting in the pew per, per se, but yes, we do that as well. But, uh, but we're giving respect to the one who visits this place. Amen. Amen. Showing respect. Amen. That, that's why we ought to be careful when we come, Brother Brick, go listen to the tape. After the end of the service, when God would begin to deal with the hearts, people wants to move around. I understand. You got to go to the bathroom. Got to go. Got to go. Got to go. Got to go. But then some moments, the Holy Ghost is trying to go out and touch hearts. We ought to have enough respect just to remain just a little bit and let God move. Let him desire. Let him touch. The conclusion of the whole matter is to fear God. And when you can't have respect, you can't have respect until you have fear. You got to have the fear of God. Solomon said also in Proverbs that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That don't mean that you're afraid of it. It means you're giving respect. You're reverencing him. And when you respect God, you fear God. And you fear that you might displease him in some way. You fear lest you would do something wrong. He said, I, I want to fear my mother. I want to fear my wife. I want to fear my church. I want to fear all God's. So in other words, have respect. God's servants, unless I should put a stumbling block somewhere in their way, I fear the Lord. I feel the fear of the people of the city. Unless I should do something wrong that would cause them to think that I wasn't a Christian. See, you have to have respect. You got to have fear. God demands it. He demands respect. God does that. It's not man dictating this. It's God demanding this. And because he's God, well, then he deserves respect. If you truly believe he's God, and if you truly believe that he's in his people, he deserves respect. Amen. 
If you're truly discerning the Lord's body, amen, we got to respect him and give fear to him. That brings respect. God has demanded that for himself and for all his servants. God demands respects for his servants. How we know that they're his servants because he's vindicated these servants by his word. He vindicates it. He takes these servants and makes them servants of God and proves that they're servants by making his word work through them servants. Then as you respect the servant, you are respecting God. Amen. So when I respect you and you respect me and we respect each other, we are all respecting God. We are discerning the Lord's body. Did not Jesus say in as much as you've done to the least of these, my little ones, you've done it unto me. Be better for a millstone would hang around your neck and you'd be drowned in the depths of the sea than to offend one of them. But I say unto you, that the angels always behold my Father's face in heaven, and they being children of God, they are a part of God. God demands respect, and then God shows who his children are. He shows it by wonders and signs and what's being done among them. He brings out Noah, and I'll just go through these very quickly. Noah, you know, had a revelation from God that God was going to judge the earth by water. And they began to preach, and it was a, quite of a long time of preaching, 120 years. And the sermon never changed. It's going to rain. You better get ready. God has provided a way. There's a way of escape. You better get in this boat. You better come. You better be in here. It's going to rain. And they didn't show respect. They did not discern that was the Lord's body. They didn't discern that was where the word of God was working in their age, in their time. And it was God's word that would allow them to go above and beyond the tribulation that was coming on them. And they failed to recognize this is more than just Noah. This is more than just, uh, uh, you know, it's going to rain. Well, no, ha, ha, ha. They begin to laugh and make fun and jitter around and say, ah, that's a bunch of nonsense. It ain't never rained. It ain't never going to rain. It never has rained. Ha, 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 ha. They had no respect. They would stomp out of his services. They would get mad. They would say all kinds of things. Why? Because they failed to recognize. He went about it, but he just went around preparing his ark. Scoffers and mockers came. The Bible said there's going to be those in the last days too. They're going to scoff at you. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to say it ain't so. (laughs) But God brought judgment on them scoffers because they would not listen to the messenger of God and come into the ark under his preaching. Then God sent his divine judgments upon the earth. First, he made a preparation for all who would receive it to escape it. And then if he did not escape it, there was only one thing left. And they wouldn't take God's preparation of escape. There was only one thing left. That was divine judgment. There's only two things available, mercy or judgment. You have to accept one or the other. That's where we all stand tonight. We're either going to take God's mercy or we're going to take his judgment. There's no way of getting around it one way or the other. But God has made an escape for those who desire to escape. And those have respect that this is the way. Moses 
would come. And they didn't think much of Moses because he was born there and raised up in Pharaoh's house. And then they found he killed one Egyptian and ran off in the desert hiding for 40 years. Surely God's going to find somebody else. But this was the one God chose. Can't help it. Sometimes God chooses people you don't like. Sometimes God chooses people you don't have a lot of confidence in. It's true. I mean, he'll use people. He'll do things. Or he'll use them and then you won't like them. (laughs) Yeah. God will raise a man up and do certain things. And here he comes with a message and many of them didn't respect him. Pharaoh didn't. Pharaoh, what are you talking about? You've been hiding out there. You just killed one. You ran off. What are you talking about? Let my people go. And he throws down a rod and and the ten plagues come. And Pharaoh still didn't have respect for him. Moses would walk out. Brother Brandon, I'm skipping through a lot of things, but Brother Brandon, just go listen to this sermon. It's incredible. There's so many things in here. It'll do you, it'll give you a checkup. He says, strange. He said, these people walked out rejoicing and shouting and carrying on. First little trial come. And they forgot to respect the gift of God. And they begin to say things. He said, that's how it is. That's where we make our mistake. A little sickness strike us, a little disaster. Then we go to falling away. Young converts, somebody make fun of them, say, well, you ain't nothing but a holy roller. Well, I hate being called a holy roller. And out they'll go. Amen. That is the time to respect what God has said and stand. Moses said, I've already done these miracles. God's given you them. Are now you're afraid of the sea? Are you afraid to believe? And he took the rod and began to speak to it. And he began to move. And then God would go from there. And he would make the bitters water sweet. He would, he would do all kinds of things. Feed them rain out of heaven, bread out of heaven. And quails and all kinds of things. Water out of a rock. And they would complain. And they would murmur. And they would make fun. And even his own sister... Said Moses, who do you think you are? You think you're a god among us? She failed to respect. She thought it was just her brother, but it was God, and God struck her with leprosy. And, and Moses actually had to go in the breach for her for God to save her life. And God would cleanse her. We know the story. And we go on down. And then Moses would pray for her. And God would give her. We can go to Jezebel, who, who Elijah was sent to be her pastor. But she didn't have respect for him. She didn't have respect for what he said. She thought, well, that's just old Elijah. He's crazy. He's a Betsy bug run out to the desert. We don't hear from him. Then he comes running here declaring the judgments of God. Then he runs away again. That can't be nobody, but that can't be God. Oh, yeah, he'd ball her out, tell her of her sins, yet he was her pastor, and she wouldn't receive it at all. She disrespected him. She hated him for what he had said. She disrespected the message that Elijah was preaching. God demands respect. We have to discern the Lord's body. 
And when she respected God's prophet, she disrespected God. Why? His visions and everything were perfect before God. But it condemned them for what they were doing. We can find others in that day. Before we get there, I got one more. You know, respect for the house of God starts at home. It starts with father and mother. And it starts by allowing. You know, it really, it even starts even in in some ways of allowing your pastor to be a man. And allowing preachers to be men and allowing them, yeah, they're going to make mistakes. But that ain't what we got to talk about around our mashed potatoes and chicken. They're going to say things we don't like, but that ain't got, got to be what we discuss around our table. We can read about it. Brother Brown talks about the children that the Elisha called out, the she-bears upon them. He said, why did that happen? Why were they disrespectful toward a prophet of God? He said, because their mom and dad sat around the table and began to disqualify everything the prophet said. And begin to mock and make fun and make light of it and say, well, I can't believe he would say that. I can't believe he would do that. And it caused their death. Do you realize sometimes when you sit there and you begin to say, well, this brother over here, brother Joe, brother Timothy, brother that, and you begin to pick out their faults and we got them. We all got them. But the Bible said, judge yourself, lest ye be judged. (laughs) What's that Jesus said about people walking around wanting to pick out a, 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 a splinter in somebody's finger? Meanwhile, they're walking around with a big old beam in their eye. We all got, we all make mistakes. We're going to say things you don't like. We're going to step on your toes. We're going to step on our toes all the time. I've I've sat back there and it's like, Lord, why did you wear my toes out so bad? It hurts sometimes, but it's for our good. God is trying to mold us, trying to make us, trying to make us aware of where we're at. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll just tear it all down and make it nothing but carnal until we're throwing our kids to the bears. Preacher can say something before they even get out the door. You done texted them and said, well, I can't believe he said that. Why? Because you're throwing, why, why, why? Because you don't have respect. And you're throwing them to the bears. God is the discerner. I don't even know if somebody's actually done that. But God does. We wonder why kids are having issues. Why they can't ever raise up. Why they can't ever rise above rise above certain things. Because they see their daddy and their mama hadn't done it. I'm being serial tonight. God wants us to have respects. There's kids that are crying out for their mom and dad to really release themselves and worship God. They want to see that. They want to see that passion. They want to see that desire. They want to see that unction of the Holy Ghost. 
They disrespected the prophet. And thereby they throwed their kids to the bears. So many things in here. I want to get somewhere. But we find some people who did respect it. Find a Shunammite woman. She was from Shunem, but she believed God. And she seen this man pass through town and heard him speak. She's seen the signs that he's done. It's told in history. Said, I said, I don't know if it was true, but he said, no, but it's one, he said, it was told in history. One day, a bunch of wild dogs were trying to catch a little girl. He said, this ain't scripture. It's just a story I read. And said, the Shunammite woman was standing on the corner. She saw these dogs. It was going to kill this little girl. And this holy man was passing through the town. And he raised his staff up to God and cried out for mercy to them little children like that. And the dogs turned and went away from them. <laughs> we have children being ate by bears and children being dogs moving away from them it's our attitudes it's our attitudes toward the word of God he said whether it was so or not sounds like it could be I don't know but anyhow this woman when the Bible says she perceived that this was a prophet a holy man she perceived something had happened she seen what he was she perceived it and she had respect instead of disrespecting him like Jezebel did she respected him she discerned this is the Lord's body and she said to her husband, we are well able to do this, I pray thee. Let's build him a little house out here somewhere. Let's give him a little place for he's weary. I watched him. He's getting old. I've noticed his old gray hairs hanging down. Little old staff and his skinny arms. He needs a place of rest. And he come walking along, packing that little cruise of oil on the side and a piece of sheepskin. In the hot sun, his body looks scorched and red. And she said, I pray thee, let's make a little station for him to stop right here. God, is there any Shunammite women in the building tonight that say, listen, I know God is passing through and I want to make a little room in my house. I want to have respect for him that when he comes with love or he comes with correction or he comes with however he wants to come, I want to have a place that he can rest at and be at peace at in my house. Man said, yeah, I've watched him. He's of God. They called a contractor, spent a lot of money, built him a place of rest, fixed him up a place to wash his feet, to eat a little food. Prophet came by, of course, that blessed his soul to see something like that had been done for him. He said to Gehazi, go call her and ask her what I could do for her. Can I speak to the king or to the chief captain? She said, I dwell among my people and there's nothing I have need of. But Gaze, I said, she has no children. And her husband is well stricken in age. He's old and they have no children. Then I imagine Elijah laying there on this little bed that she had blessed him by making. Had his feet all washed. His beard was washed out. Just relaxing. All of a sudden, a vision came. Because they always did that. Said, Go call her and tell her to stand here before me. Call her. Why? Because she had respect unto God. Go tell her to come here. And she stood in the door and he said, Thus saith the Lord, about this time next year, you'll bear a baby. About this time next year, she had the baby. 
Why? Because of her respect to God and her, 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 her emotions that she, she released was respect. I've got to have a place where he can have a place of peace. I want my home to be a place he can dwell in. I want it to be a place that the healing angel can come by. He can walk through my door. I won't even hear it open. I won't even hear it creak. He'll just walk through my door. But all of a sudden, I'll feel that cool sweep reach over me. And it'll be over with. Why? Because I had respect unto his word. I believed what he said. Didn't discount it to be just a human thing or carnal impersonations. No. We know the story. The son would die later. But that didn't change her respect. Can't believe God gave me this and now it's gone. Can't believe it. When are we going to have something that lasts? No, no. She said, give me a mule. I got to go find that prophet. And she comes riding to him. And I want you to see the respect that she had for him. She, didn't, she, she fell down. She began to worship. But what happened? He asked her, said, is it well with thee? Is it well with your home? She said, all is well. Mm. That's the respect she had for that man of God. Because she knew if that man of God could come to where she had that need, it would be over with. And if we can have that much respect towards the word of God, that when he speaks, he's going to do what he said he would do. It might take a year. It might take 10 years. I don't know how long it's going to take. But God said it. And I got enough respect for him to believe what he said. How dare me be disrespectful and deny that it won't happen and deny it's not possible. I know it will happen because he said it would happen. All is well. We could look at Martha had respect. My, go, just go listen to this sermon. I, it's amazing. But we know he is still the discerner. And there is a special class of people who are discerning where the Lord's body is. Where the carcass is, the eagles are going to gather. Where the word of God is, there's going to be eagles there. And showing respect to his body and thereby showing respect for him. He is the light, the discerner. Hallelujah. Now, let's go real quick. I don't know if I can keep myself together. I'll give you another study if you want to go look at it. It's just hundreds of these. I picked them out. Just, just as I could, and just as I saw them. Uh, let, me, let me find the, the key word. See that light. See that light. Go look it up. He said, have faith in God. Just a moment. Stop weep, weeping, sister. He's heard your prayer. 
Right over there, sitting there with your hands folded. Lady, look at me sitting next to the end, little red hat on. Yes, lady, you with your hands. You've been suffering. There stands, looks like a human being. Could you see that light moving over that lady? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. You're sitting there praying, I would call you. If that's right, wave your handkerchief back and forth. You're suffering with nervous trouble, or you did have it. It's been caused by the life to lifetime that you're in, menopause. But now it's going to leave you and you're going to be well. It's turning light all around you. Hallelujah. Oh God, let that same light come in this building. Brother Brennan would make this statement over and over and he would make it to the point that you thought, hey man, he, he really figured everybody should be able to see this light. I say, God, I want to see it. I want to see it displayed openly among us. Amen. The pillar of fire moving and discerning the hearts. Said a man right over there. Yeah, you believe? Yes, I. He said, yes, I do. With all your heart? Yes, sir. You lost one of your senses. That's the sense of smelling. Isn't that right? If it is, wave your hand. Put your hand up over your mouth like this and say, Lord Jesus, I believe you with all my heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you with all my heart. God bless you. Go now. You've received your healing. Have faith in God. What do you think about it back there? Do you believe? Be reverent. Be reverent. There's a lady sitting right back over there in the corner. Can't you see that light hanging over her? That's the only way I can tell what about it. It's that light. It's moving, hanging over that woman. Just a minute. That lady's suffering from heart trouble. She's looking right at me. Her husband's sitting next to her. Do you see the discerner? Amen. He's sitting right next to her. And her husband has got some sickness. He's just been sick, upset sick. Raise your hands up. That's right, lady. Little scar from the mister. Isn't that right? You have an upset stomach the man as well you believe with all your heart you accept it i tell you what you do i see your hand holding up but it has a habit of smoking oh he's a designer oh god i thank you for my healing i see your hand up and in that hand i see a habit of smoking Whew. <laughs> let me jerk my hand back down Quit doing that. You smoke cigars. You shouldn't do that. It makes you sick. <laughs> if it is, wave your hand like this. That's what's upsetting you. It's bad on your nerves. Throw that nasty thing away. And don't do it no more. And you'll get over and be all right. And your wife's heart trouble will leave also. You believe that? That's exactly. I can't see for you from here. You know that. But you're carrying the cigars in the pocket in the front. You're carrying the cigars in the pocket of the front. That's right. Lay the things out and put your hand over your wife. God, tell God that you're through with that kind of stuff. And you'll go home well and your wife will be well as well. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He is a designer. How many times have you walked in here and you had bitterness laying there and God called it out? And he tell you exactly where it's at and exactly where it's laying. And he says, now you deal with it. He says, I see that light moving. It's standing right in behind this girl sitting here with the baby. I believe that's Miss Sims' girl. No, it's over man. Now, man count from out of town. He's from Minnesota. He's got a chest trouble, haven't you, sir? I'm a stranger to you. Never seen each other. That's right. 
You're going home to be well now. Your faith made you well. Little lady sitting right back there, right straight to where I point my finger. Second woman sitting, looking around sideways. You're suffering with epilepsy. I see when she falls from it. You want to be healed, lady. Stand up, accept your healing right now, and may the Lord Jesus. At this time, it's gone from you. That dark circle was hanging over you, but now it's gone. Go home rejoicing, and may it never come again is my prayer. Oh, he said, now you feel that you're in the spirit. Look, standing right there. Do you see that light? It's hanging right over a little lady sitting right there looking at me. She's been suffering. I see her about to do something, holding her head. She's having headaches, been having headaches. She's sitting right there. Do you believe the Lord Jesus heals you and will make you well? You accept it? You believe it? If you do, you may have it. The Lord Jesus believe you. You don't need prayer cards. You need faith. And the light will discern. So it looks like you could see that right there, Christian friends. That light whirling. He's standing right here. Coming right over the lady. You got right there. You got varicose veins sitting right there. Believe God will make you well. You believe it. If you do, you can have your healing. God bless you. Excuse me, sir. You believe me to be a servant? You come with your baby, mighty sweet little baby. I know. I don't know you. I don't know. You know that. I'm a total stranger. I've never seen you. I suppose in my life, we're totally strange to each other, but God knows both of us. Doesn't he? You got a little baby. I can see the baby coming from being examined. The doctor says there's no hope for it. The baby is suffering with cancer in the blood called leukemia. That's right. There's no hope in the world for it. And my brother, the father of that baby, you need the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't you? You're a sinner. Will you accept him now as your Savior? Will you raise your hands and say, Lord, I accept you? Now, put your hand on your baby. Oh, come on, somebody. A man was a sinner, now given authority. Hallelujah. By the discerning of the light. Glory to God. I'm not talking to a bunch of sinners this evening. I'm talking to the church of the living God. You have authority over that devil. You have authority over that devil. You have authority over that devil. It's the light that's swirling over you. Take your God-given position and lay your hands on it and say it's done. Hallelujah. I ain't preaching to sinners. I'm preaching to children of God. You can keep your, your feet. We're almost done. Almighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke this devil that's killing this baby. May pardon and grace come to this father and may they live and go and be happy together in Jesus' name. God bless you, sir. Your sins are gone. Have faith in God. Believe in the Lord Jesus and it will be done. Mercy. He is the light, the discerner. Do you believe? Do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be delivered? Do you want to be set free? Do you want it to be over with? That's what's in your heart. Well, if that's what's in your heart, these hands 
were born with sin in them. They did sinful things. They once maybe held a cigar or a cigarette or, or a dope or they may have held a beer or something, held a sexual magazine, done all kinds of things. But now they've been cleansed. They've been washed. They've been sanctified. <laughs> it's now discerning the Lord's body. It's now not the body of sin, it's the body of the Lord. It's not the body of hate and bitterness, it's now the body of the Lord. It's now not the body of complexes, it's the body of the Lord. It's not, not the body of Satan and his kingdom, now it's the body of Jesus and his kingdom. These are the hands that I'm talking about. Amen. That once did this and once did this. But now you are forgiven. Now you're no longer sinners. Now you're sons and daughters of God. Now I want you to take those hands. And I want you to lay them on the person next to you. Amen. It's the light that's discerning. And let the light begin to whirl around you. And you begin to pray. And you begin to seek after God. And you begin to call upon his name. And watch what miracles are going to be done. Hallelujah. Watch what's about to take place. Watch what's about to happen. Amen. We're talking about the light. He's a discerner. Amen. Of the thoughts and intents of the heart. He knows exactly what you have need of. He knows exactly the situation. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be healed. Oh God, we lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. This spirit of infirmity that's tried to attack my wife, you take your hands off of God's property. I rebuke you in Jesus' name and I release the light of God to flood her body and drive out the darkness. Oh God, amen, God's moving right now. God's touching hearts. God's touching lives. God's ministering to the people. Maybe you're online and you've allowed yourself to be disrespectful to the house of God. Why don't you just repent of it and say, God, I'm sorry. I respect it with all my heart. Forgive me, Lord. I want to give my heart to you. I want to give my body to you. I want to give my mind to you. I want to give my spirit to you. I want to give everything that I have to you. I want it to be so overwhelmed with the light of God to every dark spirit in hell is driven out of Let's discern the Lord's body. Hallelujah. 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 Looks like anyone can see that light standing over that lady. Well, amen. Right there, it's the angel of God. She's thinking about someone else. She's praying for someone else. Hallelujah. God is moving in our midst. Touching hearts, touching lives. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Brother James, I thought about you when I read this from Brother James Wilson. He said, there you are praying. 
you had your eyes up in the air, sir, praying, you're asking God, let this man call me and I'll touch your garment. That's right. You're praying that. If God revealed that to me, your trouble is, you believe me, be a servant, you got trouble in your head. You can't even work. And all those things I said are right. Raise up your hand. I don't know you do, but you're healed now. Hallelujah. You're healed now. Amen. I believe there's some healed people in the building. Hallelujah. Deliverance is coming to the house. Now go home and build a room for him to be at peace. Make a place in your house that the king of kings can come and dwell therein. And discern your hearts. Don't get mad at him when he does. Don't get mad at him when he steps on your toes. Don't get mad and say all kind of things. Just say, God, if there be some wicked way in me, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So many there. Oh, God. Lord, tonight, we give ourselves to you, Lord. Lord, there's been something in my life that I hadn't discerned your body. I'm sorry, Lord. If I've left you somewhere and with dirty feet or I allowed you not to be made welcome, I'm sorry, Lord. If I said things and I shouldn't have said or done things I shouldn't have done, I'm sorry, Lord. I want to discern my, the body of the Lord and make myself right before you, oh God, because one day we're going to stand before that light. And if there be any wicked way in us, it will be revealed. But thank God there's a way of escape tonight. Escape from the judgment that's coming. Jesus, we love you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Just stay reverent before the Lord. Let him touch your heart. Hallelujah. He's the discerner. Can't you see that light hanging there? He's hanging in this building. He's touching hearts. He's touching lives. He's touching needs. Search me, oh God. Hallelujah. she's going to miss it and he'd call her by name there you are now you got it don't miss it don't just discount it as oh it's just brother Timothy don't miss him folks, have you allowed yourself to just dismiss things? Well, that's just such and such. Why don't you make that right with God? When's the last time your children have seen you really break out in worship to the God who saved you and set you free? We said, that ain't me. Well, why can't it be? You allowed something to hinder? 
pride? What is it? God, I just want to be one of those that no matter what you want to do, I just want to let you do it. No matter where you want to cut, God, feel, feel free. Cut down in the inward parts, Lord. Places that I've hid in dark places of my life. Come down, Lord, with a sword and just cut it out. Open your hearts to Him. Some of you wants to do heart surgery tonight. It'll be worth it. You'll get up from there without those blockages that's been blocking you. Blocking you and squeezing the life out of you. come right down in there he's not going to put a stent a temporary thing no mercy rewrote my life he's a creator he'll come back in and he'll just create it as though it never happened and it'll be over and it'll be done and you can rejoice in the things of God he's the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart search me give you some moments here search me oh God what is that send your searchlight send it over my heart that every shadow there's no shadow he won't light up there's no wall he won't tear down there's no mountain he won't climb up when he's coming after you just yield to him search me God, send your searchlight over me. Send it over my heart, God. And oh, my heart today. Oh, try. Try me. Try me, oh, Savior. Oh, yes, know my thoughts, I pray. My thoughts, I pray, and see if, oh, there be, yes, Lord, some wicked way in me, God, wicked way.
tell him that tonight. Come, come, come quench this thirsty. Come quench this thirsty. Lord, I am ready. Here I am waiting. Oh, come fill my heart. You are the only one who can feel me. Here I am waiting. Oh, can you just tell him that again?
just tell them how I need you, Lord. And how I need
And no matter what comes my way, I will overcome. I don't know what you're doing, but I know what you've done, and I'm fighting your battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah.